All right. Good evening. Welcome to the Coral Rominger Show or get Rominger on the phone, as we like to call it. Uh, Inveigle me once. Shame on me. Inveigle some Venezuelans. Shame on you, apparently. Uh, Ron DeSantis, as you know, chartered a plane from the state of Texas, but then came to Florida and then went to uh, Massachusetts to drop off some illegal Venezuelans or illegal aliens or people of ill repute or whatever they were. Uh, to Martha's Vineyard. Now, here's where he may have run afoul of the law. Inveiglement is when you get somebody to go somewhere with you by trick or deceit. And I know some of you guys are like, well, why on the earth would anybody claim that it's by deceit to you know, take these people? Or how is that a criminal thing? Okay. If you meet a young lady on the side of the road and you entice her into your car with the idea that you're going to give her a ride to the nearest gas station, and your plan is to take her to your home and she got in voluntarily and in fact rides with you to your home perhaps maybe even believing you're going to share the telephone with her as you claiming you're going to do well that's inveiglement okay that's what inveigling means and that's what happens when you go to a migrant shelter give the people food at the mcdonald's tell them that they come with you they're going to get english training and job training and you've got all this arranged and there's going to be support and then you drop them off in the middle of the night somewhere where there is none of those things. It is. And I know some of you guys, so let me, let me do a little trick here. Some of you guys think, you know, old Carl, he's just one of those wackos. Let's see who agrees with me, okay? Um, who agrees with me is none other than Ted Cruz himself. Country for human trafficking, and would it be illegal to do that for me if I did that? For for you, a citizen, you could easily be arrested. Although to be honest, Joe Biden's Justice Department wouldn't arrest you. But in an ordinary oh, no, Justice Department, I'm a conservative. Get away with it. Back to the law. The law is clear. It, it, it is clear and, and right now. The law is clear. Okay. Difference between now, they go on to discuss like, oh, that makes Joe Biden the biggest guy because he's the one flying people around. Okay. That's the theory. Um, but he's doing it in his capacity as the president under legal authorities, et cetera. For a state governor to do it, and what's weird about it is, think about this for a minute. This state governor picked up immigrants in another state and moved them. They were asylum seekers, so they may be lawfully here. So first of all, they may not be illegals. Who knows? Let's assume they are, um, that they're doing something illegal, not supposed to be here. He didn't take them from the state of Florida and expel them from Florida with the due process of law. He inveigled them, right? He literally gave them a little sham explanation, or his, his people did. Had him dropped off at Martha's Vineyard in the middle of the night with a pack of lies to entice him to get there. Maybe you don't have a lot of sympathy for them because they're evil, illegal aliens. Um, just because you kidnap a bad person does not make you not a kidnapper. OK, so I suspect Ron DeSantis is not going to fly anywhere planes because I'm pretty sure the lawyers have had this discussion. Ted Cruz just explained it to you. He went to Harvard. I didn't. Right. So he's a little smarter than me, probably. And. He agrees. It's clearly illegal. And he knows why it's illegal, because inveiglement or the act of inveigling somebody uh, using bricks to get them to go with you somewhere 
uh, is in fact kidnapping. So I want to bring that up tonight. I want to see what you guys thought about that. If you have any comments, feel free to share in the chat function. Uh, what else do I know? Well, Lindsey Graham, our, our friend Lindsey Graham, and I used to really like Lindsey, by the way. I used to really like Lindsey, uh, particularly when he was hanging tight with John McCain. So it turns out John McCain was the backbone in their relationship. Uh, Lindsey's going off the deep end. And I think because he's tied up in this whole election fraud thing going on down in Georgia, which we could talk about another day or maybe touch on a little bit tonight, he needs to burnish his conservative, conservative credentials so he can claim, oh, the only reason they're after me is because I'm the only guy out here trying to be the last true conservative. Uh, Mitch McConnell's not happy with him because remember a couple of weeks ago when I did the show on abortion and I told you guys that abortion is still a federal issue after Dobbs? Well, Lindsey Graham agrees with me on that. If you listen to this show, you're usually two to three weeks ahead of where everybody's going to go uh, because I spent a lot of time studying this stuff. OK, so Lindsey Graham comes out and says, yeah, Carl's right. Well, he didn't say that, but he said, yes, abortion is still a federal issue after Dobbs. And in fact, we as the Congress intend to regulate it. Uh, so if you're one of the wise men on Facebook who's always commenting, uh, one of them in particular who was swearing up and down that Dobbs made it a state issue. Not true. Dobbs simply said that states couldn't, re couldn't re state regulation was not subject to strict scrutiny under the Constitution, only ordinary rational basis tests, and therefore the states could pass abortion restrictions. It talks nothing about the federal government's power. So who you vote for for senator, Lindsey Graham is correct. He agrees with me. I agree with him. Who you vote for senator, what, whether you, if you're pro-abortion, vote for a pro-abortion senator. If you're pro-choice, vote for a pro-choice senator. But don't get confused. It's not just a state issue. Now, in Pennsylvania, um, we've got some really interesting news here in Pennsylvania. I may be breaking the news here. Starting January 1st, if Doug Mastriano wins, all women aged 12 to 56 are going to be required to log their period with the state. That way, he'll know when you're menstruating or not menstruating, and they can look into whether or not you're pregnant, and then they'll know whether or not you've had an unauthorized abortion. And, and that's probably the plan, right? They're not going to tell you that, but Doug loves your uterus more than you do. Remember that. Um, but back to Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham is saying, in all seriousness, uh, that it is a federal issue. He agrees with me. I agree with him. So remember. Now, why, why are people mad at Lindsey? Everybody on the Republican side is a little mad at Lindsey because they're trying to dodge this issue. After what happened in Kansas, it's clear that the public while it has some support for abortion restrictions, does not support abortion bans, for instance, like the one that the Pennsylvania candidate wants, Doug Mastriano, says no exception for the life of a woman. That's just a non-starter with Republicans these days. Um, by the way, and talking about Lindsay, because this ties into actual voter equipment tampering in Georgia was uncovered. And it's actual video of people going in and downloading information from the voting machines. And it turns out it's the local head of the Republican Party and a Trump lawyer's team, um, the Kraken lady, her team of analysts, and apparently they access personal and sensitive data in violation of Georgia and perhaps federal law, but definitely in violation of Georgia law. And it looks like they're going to be in trouble for that. It looks like the nice lady was head of the Republicans who claimed she was only there for a little bit to let them in and didn't really know what they were doing, was there for like six straight hours and posed with selfies for them and actually directed them where to get certain things, but supervised the whole operation. Uh, so once again, in this whole election fraud, fraudulent voter thing, that the, the big grift. Every time we find somebody actually doing it, it's the people who are complaining about it. It's kind of like Doug Mastriano. It came out this week, right? It came out this week that Doug Mastriano had been registered to vote in New Jersey for all these years until very recently. He was voting in Pennsylvania and he wasn't voting in New Jersey. He wasn't voting in two places. 
but he was getting the mailings and he was getting the information and he up kept his registration in New Jersey. So no wonder Doug Mastriano thinks that there's lots of people out there on the, on the, on the cusp of casting a vote they couldn't. He intentionally or negligently or with willful intent maintained for some reason his voter registration in another state. He could have told him at any time that he moved, but he chose not to. So sometimes when people are worried about something and they, they tell you, you got to be really careful because a lot of mechanics will rip you off. They probably mean if I were a mechanic, I'd rip you off because doing whatever I do, I'm, you know, I cut the edges or lie to the customer. Uh, it's called projection. And so Doug Mastriano should, of course, be very worried that people are maintaining false registrations and extra registrations and fake voter registrations and planning to vote in other jurisdictions because, well, he for years maintained his voter registration actively in New Jersey at his mother's house. Uh, I think not until she died or something and they had to get rid of the house or whatever happened and he got rid of that registration. Wasn't that long ago? Look it up. Fact check me on it. Uh, Mastriano says, ah, it's nothing. It's nothing. It just, it's just liberal. Uh, liberals making stuff. Well, they're may not making it up, but uh, it just doesn't mean anything when I do it. Okay. All right. All right. Anyhow, I just find it fascinating that the people who are most concerned about election tampering and machines being tampered with and all these things happening are the ones actually doing it when push comes to shove. And by the way, it's very interesting because there's footage of the whole thing where the machines are stored is on camera. The entrances and exits are on camera. All that's on camera. Remember, Trump said, I've got proof of election fraud. I know there's election fraud. I'm going to bring it to the courts. He couldn't get any of that footage. They got some footage from a stadium or something where there's a convention center. And it's like, oh, look, there's something going on here, but it's not really clear. But here you can see the level of scrutiny an actual voting facility has and the storage facility and the level of the cameras. And there, clear as day in 4K high def is the Kraken ladies team stealing voter data or at least on making unauthorized access. Of course, they're saying the nice Republican lady who also happened to be the commissioner or whatever gave us the access. It really wasn't unauthorized. Um, but I think that's worth mentioning. So just, just to go full circle, tonight's not going to be a long show. It's a very short show. Inveiglement. You can't trick somebody into going somewhere with you under false pretenses and sort of just leave them there or effectively functionally abandon them there. Now, if I convince you to come down the street a block with me and, and then I'm like, ha ha, I lied. There's not really a job down here. and There's not really food down here. and There's not really childcare for your kid, uh, but you walk the block down here with me. I probably haven't committed the full act because I did the inveiglement, but I haven't deprived you of the ability to go back to where you were. So there's an argument maybe that I didn't kidnap you. When I load you on a charter plane for $600,000, fly you across the country and drop you off somewhere, the inveiglement part is completed with the kidnapping part when that happens. Um, there's another interesting note that Florida had authorized $13 million in funds. So conservatives believe that government funds should be handled with care. The Florida legislature said, okay, here's $13 million to remove illegals or improper people from Florida under certain circumstances. But apparently they couldn't find any illegals in Florida. So instead they went to Texas, rounded them up, and then used the Florida money for removing people from Florida, for removing people from Texas. And DeSantis says, well, they could have ended up in Florida, and that's why I did it. Um, it looks like a misuse of the funds, uh, particularly because he flew them into Florida, and flying the portion of flying them into Florida would be the complete opposite of what the funds were allocated for, even if they were only there on a stopover. Um, I suspect he flew him into Florida so he can later claim he was flying them out of Florida. 
So it was part of some, you know, legality issue. It's just bad all around. But here's the funniest part about this situation. It's not funny, but it is kind of funny. I don't know if you know the Cuba-Venezuela connection, but the Cuban government has been destroying the Venezuelan people's way of life for years now by uh, basically the enforcers in Venezuela are the Cubans. So if you're a Venezuelan, you hate the Cuban communists as much as a Cuban in Florida hates the Cuban communists that he and she had to escape. Remember, Cubans can just, you know, still put their foot on American soil and escape the situation of the communist rule in Cuba, right? And we're all for that, or at least most of us are. Uh, in this particular circumstance, now you've got the Venezuelans who are fleeing terrible communist rule in Venezuela or quasi-communist rule, socialism, destruction of their society, poverty, destruction of their oil industry. And more importantly, it's all enforced by the it's all enforced by the Cuban enforcers, their intelligence. Thousands of Cubans are in there beating, torturing, and and disappearing Venezuelans every year. So who did Ron DeSantis accidentally pick up? Because you know what happened, right? He didn't like say, go get some Venezuelans. He said to somebody, go to Texas and round me up some of them illegal immigrants. Probably thought Mexicans, right? He thought he was going to get some El Salvadorans. Thought he was going to get some Nicaraguans. Thought he was going to get some brown people to throw on a plane and send to Martha's Vineyard. But guess what? The, the, the low guys, the guys on the bottom of the totem pole that he sent out there, the, the, little, the little fish, they accidentally rounded up a pack of Venezuelans. Well, that doesn't play so well in South Florida with the Cuban community. Um, I haven't yet verified this because I need to listen to some of it, but I'm being told that if we get into the Spanish language radio uh, from South Florida, you will see that this is not being looked upon favorably because in particular, um, a lot of South Florida Spanish community believes that the Venezuelans may have actually been fleeing the Cuban influence in Venezuela and the destruction of the Venezuelan government. I, again, that could be speculation, but that seems to be the chatter. Uh, it makes sense. In fact, I kind of I kind of thought that was where we were headed as soon as I heard it was Venezuelans. Uh, this is like sending some low level flunky. You know, the boss sends them out to to whack somebody, and they accidentally whack an old lady. You know, instead of the actual guy you're supposed to whack. And next thing you know, it looks very embarrassing. Uh, so I don't think you'll see Ron DeSantis throwing anybody else on a plane because a he's being sued, b he's being investigated by a Texas sheriff, right? Who says, wait a minute, you came to my community. And you rounded up these people, these fairly nice people, and took them away from us. Uh, maybe they were desperate. Maybe they shouldn't be here. But just to strike him as right. Um, the people on the ground are probably going to charge. But if DeSantis put the conspiracy in play, then he is guilty of inveiglement, um, at least by conspiracy. And you are responsible for your conspirators' actions. So I'll just give you an example. If you and I agree to work, drive, drive down and rob the Walmart, and I don't know you're going to take a gun. And in fact, you go the day before to scout the place out. And while you're scouting the place out, you panic and you drive out and you kill somebody. That's a form of felony murder because in the action of an overt step in the conspiracy, something bad happened. But I'm just as responsible, even if I didn't plan on you hurting anybody, didn't know you were going to hurt anybody, or didn't know you were going to screw up the underlying crime in a, in a bad way. So it's not really the extent of how bad these people did it. Once you engage in the conspiracy to do something you shouldn't, which is like round up people from another state and, and, and move them somewhere, and people do it in a, a fashion that's not so legal, it's very hard to say you weren't part of the overarching conspiracy. And you don't have the particular knowledge of the evil heart of your underlying conspirators under the federal law. Now, you may think that's not fair, but you didn't care when lots of black people were going to jail throughout the drug wars on this. 
you didn't care when lots of white people were going in the meth industry out west and on these crazy conspiracy laws where some poor druggie accidentally delivered some drugs to a friend and somehow got swept up into a kilo conspiracy. You don't have a problem with any of that. No. You sit home and say, ah, get them, get them, put them in jail. Funny how it happens when rich white guys suddenly start getting pulled into this stuff and everybody starts getting concerned, right? Uh, kind of reminds me of my own story when I got out of jail and they said, oh, Carl, you still owe all this money. And I write a letter and say, really? I'm, I'm actually just getting out of jail now. How could I be behind on the payments I haven't been able to make because you haven't let me work? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's just a big mistake. Um, we didn't actually, we, we don't know why we send these letters, but we do. But you're right, we shouldn't send them. And then when they were confronted by Ali Lanny with ABC 27 News, they said, oh, no, 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 we never do that. Strangely, however, the other government people like Delaware were like, yeah, we hate when we send these out because this creates this reaction. But when, you know, the well-to-do, articulate white guy, lawyer says, oh, this is what happened to me, all of a sudden the courts are like, oh, oh, we're sorry. We didn't mean to do that to you, old white guy, right? Is it because I'm an old white guy? I don't know. You, uh, you guys got to answer that one for me. Uh, anyhow, my, my whole theme tonight is, yes, it was kidnapping. Oh, and let's, last final thing, right? Let's just talk about two things. Marlago, apparently, and I don't know a lot about this, so I'm not going to, apparently the appeals court says, yeah, Trump can't own the classified documents. And he's not saying they're not classified. See, he might have told you they're not classified. But once again, he and his lawyers are not telling anybody that they're not classified in official capacity. Nobody's signing a piece of paper. It's called an affidavit. It's where you swear under oath that something's true. Trump's not signing it. His lawyers aren't signing it. Remember, a politician can lie to you at a rally. A politician can lie to you in an email. A politician can lie to you in a phone call. He can lie to you in a text message. But he can't lie to a court, right? So they won't say that they were declassified to a court or to an official under oath. I don't know why. Come on now. I know why. You know why, right? Oh, no, it's not fair. He's, he declassified. He waved a magic wand. And, and, and Cash Patel said that's what happened. I, I. Okay. Somebody signed the damn affidavit with the court and all the courts involved, the master and now the 11th Circuit have said, hey, we noticed the fact that you guys are not telling us that they were declassified because, well, they're presumptively by law classified unless there's something you're not telling us and you're not telling us, therefore, they're classified. So they're going to be handled by the Justice Department. And they said Trump has no possessory interests in them. Uh, he may have missed the boat to assert that if he ever had the ability to do it. But I think we all know what happened. He never declassified this stuff. That's just a damn lie um, to try to uh, clean up after the fact. Then in the meantime, um, well, we've got some chatters here. Um, you can do anything. I don't know what that means. But uh, <laughs> um, what, 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 the, last, the last thing here is... Letitia James from New York filed this massive 200-some page lawsuit alleging fraud by the Trump organization, Trump and his kids in real estate and financial dealings. That's a tricky one because those are sophisticated entities that they borrowed the money from who should know better. But here's how it works. If I work for the bank and I don't do my due diligence or wink, wink, nod, nod, okay, you told me it's worth $300 million. I'm going to go with your word. I don't do my due diligence. It's not just a fraud on the bank. It's a fraud on the shareholders and other depositors of the bank. So banking law is pretty complicated. Real estate is pretty complicated. But one of the good examples they used was Trump literally lied about the square footage of his own apartment. I mean, that, that one might be pretty damning. Now, there's another one where they got an appraisal in hand, and then they immediately told someone else the property was worth six times what the appraisal was. Again, 
those are, there's some stuff in there that's pretty sketchy. There's some stuff in there that'll probably survive scrutiny because that's just the jungle of city real estate. Um, but that's an interesting one to watch because calls for massive financial penalties and basically disbarring the Trumps from doing business in the state of New York or holding officerships there in corporations, which would be a really big deal. Because um, disbarment can also prevent you from getting government contracts. It can also, a lot of governments are reciprocal. So if I'm disbarred from doing Pennsylvania contracts, I may also be disbarred or, or never be allowed to do contracts in other states. So that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. That's to be determined, to be watched. Um, you know, I'm loving it because I've been telling you he's the grifter in chief for a while now. Um, some people don't like that. I'm a conservative. Do you know what conservatives believe in? Conservatives believe in small government. Conservatives believe in government staying out of things to the greatest extent possible. Donald Trump was never a conservative. A trade war with China is not a capitalist, is not a conservative. It's a populist, mercantilistic, 1980s Democrat kind of thing, okay? No, it is what it is. All right, guys, have a great night, and I will be back with you Sunday, and we'll get some updates on all this stuff.